Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. Hello, Mike. This next poem I found incredibly uh, important. It is an issue that impacts a surprising number of men. Let's just say a man is given an opportunity to be screened for prostate cancer using the PSA. Hopefully this decision uh, is done after careful discussions with the man about the pros and cons of screening uh, using so-called shared decision-making. For most of those who will have an elevated PSA, many will go through confirmatory testing using uh, prostate biopsies. A small percentage of those uh, will come back as having prostate cancer. And at that point, the men have basically three options. They can have surgery, they can have radiation, and they can be engaged in what we call active surveillance. Well, which of these do we recommend which is best? Well, we haven't really known the answer to that question. Each medical specialty suggests that its intervention is better than the others. Over a decade ago, the PROTECT project uh, or study enrolled men to answer this very question. They published a paper about five years ago based on early outcome data. But today, uh, Mark, you're going to explain to us that their recent publication in the New England Journal of Medicine follows these same men and is now reporting 15 years worth of data. From my perspective, this study is super important for two reasons. One, it is government funded, so there's not particularly uh, inherent bias in it. Uh, the, The government that funded it, by the way, is the UK government. And it's also a randomized control trial and represents the best data that we have to answer this this common question. The article was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. It starts on page 1547. And the question that the article or the research is attempting to answer is what are the benefits and harms of different approaches to the treatment of screen-detected prostate cancer? Mark, what did they tell us? Yeah, this is such a great study. And I think one of the most remarkable things, and and first of all, it gives us information about screening detected prostate cancer, which is different from prostate cancer that comes to light because of symptoms. Um, It's This is what we're mostly dealing with nowadays, right? And what was most remarkable to me is that they had uh, 2,664 men who were um, in the... uh, identified with the screening detected prostate cancer, over 60% of those men agreed to be randomized to prostatectomy, radiotherapy, or active surveillance. I mean, if you can get 10% of a population to enroll in a randomized trial, you're probably doing well. 60% is absolutely fantastic because it makes it so much more generalizable. So active surveillance basically meant that if there were any concerns, symptoms that were developing based on the patient or physician report, that could trigger further evaluation. Or if the PSA went up more than 50%, then there would be further testing and evaluation. So the primary and secondary outcomes are reported per thousand person years. And that can be kind of tricky to interpret, right? So basically, to me, a thousand person years is 100 patients followed for 10 years. So I can kind of picture that or in this case, 67 patients followed for 15 years. You know, you can kind of picture that. The main outcome of prostate cancer specific mortality was 
rare, fortunately, no significant difference between the groups, ranging from one and a half to 2.2 deaths per thousand person year. So no difference between the three groups, no difference in all-cause mortality. Where they, there was a difference was metastatic disease was about twice as likely to occur in the active surveillance group. So about three more diagnoses of metastatic disease per 100 men followed for 10 years, if you think about it that way. Um, patients in the active surveillance group were also more likely to start on some androgen deprivation therapy, which has significant side effects, and more likely to experience any clinical progression, which included not only METs, but progressing to stage three or four cancer, needing androgen deprivation, or having some sort of anatomic complications, perhaps um, you know, rectal due to tumor growth. By 15 years, on the other hand, the glass half full interpretation is that 40% of men in the active surveillance group totally avoided radiotherapy or surgery and, and were doing well. So for 100 men who entered active surveillance, you ended up having about three more episodes of metastasis. Um, you had, uh, on the other hand, 40 of those men who never required any treatment. So that, and, and 57 men who did cross over at some point and require treatment because their cancer had progressed. So bottom line, active surveillance, it's a balance of benefits and harms. After 15 years for every 100 participants, 40 can avoid the need for surgery, and there's no increase in the risk of death, although there is an increase in the risk of metastatic disease. Um, so, and, and I think also it's important to remember in the original report, there were large differences between the surgery and radiation groups in terms of the uh, ad adverse effects like incontinence and impotence and gastrointestinal. There was a little more GI with the radiation, but a lot less um, impotence and incontinence than with surgery. So that that's an, also an important lesson to remember. Yeah. The reason we're doing this study is that none of them are uh, home run, but each of them has their own negative sequelae. I, I'm just wondering, Mark, when you talk about the active surveillance, if they broke this down by age, you know, my thinking is that perhaps older men would have had less complications and less metastatic disease just because they were closer to their end of their life anyways, or perhaps had comorbid conditions. Yeah, that's a good good point. And uh, I don't believe they reported by age groups. Um, the, the age range of the people originally enrolled in the trial was, I think, in the 55 to 69 range, because that's what the European trials found was the... <laughs> spot if you're going to screen. Um, but that's a good point. I, I, I don't know the answer to that one. Very interesting study, Mark. Thanks so much for, uh, for bringing that to our attention. We'll talk again in a week. Sounds good. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. 